Let's not worry about anything, any technical, any other technical things. Right now, we're going to just come before God as this is our final Sunday of the year. Just reflecting back on everything that God has been doing. And no matter what you're feeling right now, many of us right now, we are so full of ourselves that we put ourselves first. Right now, you do not feel like you wanted to come to church. Right now, you don't feel like you want to worship God. And you have put yourself in the pedestal. You have put yourself first before God. And that is not right. We must come and repent before God right now. We must come before Him right now and come and ask God for forgiveness. We must come with the heart of humility right now. This service, everything that we do right now is all nothing. If we're just going through the motions, if we're just here so used to going to church, we've been Christian for many years, growing up being a Christian all our lives. We have grown used to, grown accustomed to the tradition of coming to church. We have forsaken our first love. We must come back and turn back to the Father. We must not come with a lukewarm attitude, but we must come before Him hot and cold with zeal and passion. Where is your zeal? Where is your passion for the Lord? We went over to Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas. Why Christ had to come and to die for us. The weight of sin, the sinful nature, the nature of who we are. For Christ came to save us. And you are saved. Let us not live like the ones who are lost in the world. We're in a place in an age where the Holy Spirit is here with us. He is here with us right now. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So right now, let's just come before God. Let's come before God right now. Let's just really get ourselves right. Let's get our hearts right before God. Let's ask God for forgiveness. Let's repent. It doesn't matter what you feel right now. It's not about emotions. It's about making that choice right now to look to God and to put Him first. It's not about you. Today is not about you. But it's about worshiping and glorifying the Father. Let's come right now before God. Let's worship Him. Let's repent of our sins. Glorify Him. Let's thank Him. Reflect back upon this year. Thank the Lord for everything that He has done. For He is good. Praise Him today. Let's pray together. chest, our heart representing our life. Let's pray together. Father God, we just ask God for a new heart, a new heart transplant. Father God, help us not to go backwards to our old ways, Father. Help us to not forget your mercy, your grace that is so new and powerful every morning, Father. Every day, the fact that we have breath today is a reason for us to lift up our voice and to praise you. Forgive us, God, for getting so used to this life in our youth. That, God, this is because we're young and we're not sick today that we think we could live forever. And, God, we have forgotten you today in the present. Help us to never, never be so proud to the point, God, where we are so used to coming to church. God, it's a privilege and an honor to come and worship you in your house, oh God, every week. Lord, let our church be marked with brokenness, Father. 
Lord, break our pride. Break our rebellion, Father God. Help us to look to you, God. Jesus, teach us your ways that we may walk in meekness as you walked in meekness on earth. Let us reflect our Father, our Creator, the one who loved us and created us, the one who died for us. So God, we look to you, God, Jesus, right now. Holy Spirit, come and be the center in our midst. Right now, God, as we transition and get ready to hear your word and the message, the last message for this year, I pray, Holy Spirit, that God, that we would just get our hearts right as we honor you on this last Sabbath. Lord, let us give you the right offering. The offering that you ask is not the sacrifice, it's not the money. You ask for obedience, for obedience is better than sacrifice. So God, let us be obedient to you in our heart right now and in our action. Holy Spirit, we put you first. Teach us your ways. Watch over us today. Lord, I pray right now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, let my words and the meditation of my heart right now be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Lord, use me to speak your message. Holy Spirit, take control of the service. You are our counselor. You are our helper. Lord, lead us today with your spirit of gentleness and with the spirit of conviction. We thank you. We love you. For all these things, in your precious son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Why don't we take a moment and let's, uh, let's greet our neighbors and say happy last sad final Sunday of 2019. That's long, don't remember perfectly. Don't miss any words, okay, go. <laughs> not bad, Ronnie, not bad, okay. All right, so today the message, uh, if you look up on the screen, uh, is going to be called Outlast. And I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about outlasting the lies, the enemies, the attacks that come in your life. Now, the question is, what to do when your reputation is under attack? What do you do when you're attacked? When you're attacked at your workplace, when you're attacked at home, when you're attacked by your neighbors, by people around you, when lies are spread of you, they doubt you, look down on you, what do you do when you are under attack? The answer is outlast the lies, outlast the enemies, outlast the attacks. You are called to do one thing when you're attacked as Christians. And you have to ask yourself, what, at the first place, why are you attacked? It's because the devil knows and because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. The devil knows who you are because you belong to the Father. You are a son and daughter of Christ. That is why you are under attack. So when you're under attack, you outlast them through the strength that comes in Christ. You outlast them. You are called to pray. You are called to study God's word. You live what you preach. You live in the overflow from the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And there's only one thing to do, to outlast the attacks. Why? Because you will last. Why? Because Christ is with you. 
and Christ lives in you. If you have Christ in you, you, that is the greatest force that you will ever have. There are no attacks, no lies, no whispers, nothing, no persecution that is greater than Jesus Christ. For you have the living God that is living and walking beside you today. You outlast the attacks, the lies. When you're attacked, don't be quick to defend. A lot of times we are quick to want to share our side of the story. And I fall in this exact category. Because I feel I justify it by saying that, oh, I'm in the right. I have the truth. I know that I am not lying, therefore I can defend myself. But don't be quick to defend and fight by telling your side of the story. Because sometimes it's necessary. Yes, you have to. Like it's literally a life or death situation. If one of our members, and they, it's like a matter of whether they go to life or prison or, or they get free, then of course you would have to say it. But you, sometimes it's necessary to, sell, to tell the, your side of the story. But the truth is, bad people will only believe what they want to believe. Liars are not interested, people who are attacking you, especially when they're full of evil, when they're attacking you. They're not interested in the truth. Actually, their lie has become their truth. So a lot of times you see people who are, like, they literally, they're delusional. They think that their lie is the truth because their lie, they're living in sin for so long that their lie has become the truth. They're not interested in the truth. You could tell your side of the story, but that's not going to fix anything. For they are only interested in one thing, in hurting and destroying others or destroying you, for their intentions are full of evil. Therefore, you have to pray. You outlast it by being faithful, by being faithful. Maybe you are today, you are in a result of evil people being evil and you were attacked. Or maybe it was your own wrongdoing. Maybe you are the one that committed that act of hurting another person. Then you are called to repent. But you are called these three things, faithfulness, consistency, and time. They will be your greatest weapon. When you are faithful, when you are consistent, over time, year in, day, over the years, day in, day out, you will outlast the frauds, for the frauds will not last, for their foundation is not in Christ. If your foundation is in Christ, you will outlast all your competition, for Christ is with you. Is it going to be easy in that process? Nope. It's going to hurt. It's going to feel unfair. It's going to feel wrong. And you will be upset, and you will be angry, but turn it to the Lord. Look to God and give it to him as an offering. The key is to outlast the attacks. How? Faithfulness, consistency, and time. Let's all read the scripture together in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Ready? One, two, three. Don't let anyone doubt on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, faith, and in purity. I'm going to go ahead and read it again. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech and conduct. Conduct meaning behavior in your lifestyle, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's how you outlast. Faithfulness, consistency, time. In speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity.
Number one, point number one is this. Be constant in living a godly life. Turn to your neighbor and say, be constant, be constant. in living a godly life. First Peter chapter 2, let's go to verse 11 to 12. It's on the screen. It says this, starting from verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful nature which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Right away in verse 11, it starts off with friends, but he calls them, Peter, he's calling them foreigners and exiles. What does that mean? Peter here is reminding us that don't forget that in this life, in this life, you're only about temporary residents. This is not your home. The world that you live in, the earth that you're living in right now, don't get too, too comfortable. Don't stop putting your roots down too deep in this world where you end up losing your soul. This world is not your home. Don't get too comfortable in it. Don't get too comfortable. Remember who you are and whose you are, your identity. Your identity is that you are a son and daughter of Christ. If we, it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 10 to 13, it says, we are fools for Christ. But you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world right up to this moment. What is Paul saying here in 1 Corinthians? Different passages from 1 Peter 2. Paul is saying the same thing. In fact, he's saying that you are scum of the earth. As Christians, that we are the garbage of the world. He's reminding us of who we are in the eyes of this world. In the eyes of God, we are precious. He sees us with the laser dot, tunnel vision. There's nothing else he loves you and he knows you and he sees you. But according to the standard of this world, we're reminded once again that we are hungry, thirsty, rags, brutally treated, homeless, work hard with our own hands, blessed, endure, scum of the earth, garbage of the world. I think that tells you right away that we do not, we are not meant to belong in this world. You know, foreigners know this. I don't know how many people here were born, born in America, but for those who came from a uh, different country, you know, maybe you came when you were younger or it was recent, but they understand that you may learn the language, right? you may adapt to the culture, but you will always miss the kimchi, right? Your home food, the food that you grew up in, or in other case, bok choy, right, Rani? You always miss that bok choy. You will miss, <laughs> even when we went to Jollibee, you know, no matter what, how good it feels we're in Jersey City, um, it's not gonna be the same as, as it was when we're back home from where we come from. Meaning you will always, no matter how much you know the language, no matter how much you understand the culture, you will always feel somewhat off, that you belong somewhere else. 
It's the same thing as Christians. No matter how hard we try to fit in in this world, we're always going to feel like foreigners. We are exiled. We are exiled. We are foreigners. And we do not belong to this world. As Christians, it's a reminder that our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is not here on this earth. That our loyalty is not to a f- allegiance, it's not to a certain flag or country, to a certain culture, but it's to Jesus Christ. Pastor Graham said, my home is in heaven. I'm a traveler. I'm just a traveler. And that's all we are. We are travelers on this earth. Foreigners, exiled, wanting to go back to our hometown. And our hometown is who is where? Is Christ. It's in heaven with God. Philippians 3 tells us our citizenship is in heaven. Your loyalty is not. When you, even when you get your citizenship, you put your allegiance to the flag. Your allegiance is in heaven. Because one day, one day our physical life here on earth, it will flee and will disappear. But the word of God and our, our relationship with the Father will always remain Put that in perspective. That will never change. Verse 11 to 12. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which weighs war against your soul. What does that mean? As, as Christians who do not belong in this world, you are going to be attacked. This attack is so strong that the writer is saying here to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. It's so powerful and strong that the devil is using all of his might to destroy you because he knows who you are. He knows that you belong to the Father. That's why you are constantly being attacked. You wonder why things are so easy for my friends. And for me, I just feel like I'm getting attacked left and right. And I ask you guys as a congregation to pray for me. Even for IPG, one of the prayer topics is for you to pray for me. Because I know in my mind and in my heart and everywhere around me, I just feel the attack constantly. Anyone who says they're without sin, that they have no temptation, are liars. You have temptations, I have temptations. We all have temptations. Just because we belong in Christ doesn't mean that we are not going to sin. We are going to have temptation and desire to sin. For that is in our nature. That is who we are. But that doesn't mean that we give up. Our sin has been washed away, but we come and repent. For the blood of Christ washes our sins every time. It has been done once and for all. Therefore, if you right now, if you're remaining in shame and guilt, and you feel ashamed, you feel somehow that you've done something that God is not pleased with you and that you're far away, that is not true. Then when you come and repent and you ask God to forgive you, he will always forgive you and he will accept you for who you are. Don't forget, friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, as foreigners and temporary residents, You are going to feel like this is a strange place. The more you grow closer in your relationship with God, the less you're going to feel that you belong in this world. Because you are, in fact, finding out who you really are. That you are a son and daughter of Christ. In your identity, when you have your identity in Christ, the more of a foreigner you're going to feel here on this earth. Everyone else is living for this world. 
things of this world, pursuing the things of this world. They love the things of this world. Does that mean that we can't enjoy the things of this world? Right? God has given us everything for us to enjoy and to be a blessing. But we know that it's nothing in comparison to the mighty work and the thing that we have in heaven with Christ. It does not even compare. Don't forget who you are, that you are living among people who prefer to live without Yahweh. That's what it means, that when it says that, that, that you are living among pagans, that, that's what it's saying, among the pagans, live such good lives among the pagans. It's saying that, don't forget that you are living among people who prefer to live without Yahweh, without God. And because you are travelers, temporary residents, foreigners, your actions must be above reproach, above and beyond, perfect, flawless, spotless, unblemished, squeaky clean, whiter than white, without fault. Do you ever realize, like, the way we treat this place, or the way I treat this place, or when we go on a retreat to a house, I'm, like, extra careful. When you're home, you're more, like, because it's your thing. But when it doesn't belong to you, you are called to be extra careful because the eyes of people are watching. And in fact, God calls you, when things don't belong to you, you should treat it with respect even more. That's how, that's how much of a person that you have to be. That if you were to lend me your car right now, you could guarantee that your car is not going to get scratched, I'm gonna be more careful, that you're gonna get the car back with the full gasoline because you allowed me to use it. That's how much you must take care of things that doesn't belong to you. That's why here, that's why the writer, he's saying, travelers, Peter is saying, travelers, temporary residents, be careful how you treat the blessings, the things that you have. Be above reproach, above and beyond, perfect, flawless, spotless, unblemished, squeaky clean, whiter than white, without fault. Why? Because the eyes of people are watching you. They're watching you. As foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful nature, sinful desires, which weighs war against your soul. Live such good lives. Why? Among, because the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, even though they, they want to hurt you, they say the wrong things about you, they may want to hurt your, hurt your, your life, your reputation, that they may see your good deeds and that will glorify God on the day he visits us. Why would they glorify God? Because of your good deeds, because of your relationship with Christ, because of your faithfulness, consistency, and time. You will prove them wrong, for that is not your goal, to prove them wrong. But that will be the action, the, the flow, the overflow, the fruit of your faithfulness. As travelers, temporary residents, be more careful. As Christians, be careful in your actions. Be careful what you post on social media. Be careful what you watch among your friends. Be careful what you drink. Be careful who you're seen with or what you're doing, whatever you're doing. Be careful. Everything counts for the devil will use that as a, as a foothold to bring you down. Not only you, but he will use you to bring others. These individuals who do not have the foundation of Christ they're not as strong, quote-unquote, strong as you because they don't have Christ in you. 
They don't have Christ, just like Christ is in you. Therefore, you must be strong and be faithful. That's why Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and will glorify your Father in heaven. So everything that you do right now, the decisions that you make, what you choose to watch, what games you decide to play, what you say, what come out of your mouth, you have to ask, is it glorifying the Father? You're an arrow. You're a representative. You're an ambassador. You're a steward of his things. You're a manager of his things. Are you taking good care of the things that God has given you? It's saying, Peter here saying is, be perfect. That even if they tried or even wanted to, they can't say or do anything. Because eventually, they'll see you for who you are. A faithful Christian. A true and genuine Christian. There are many faithful, good, genuine Christians these days. We all go to church. We want to look good. We want to act the part. But the reality and the truth is, even the Bible says it, that the the gate, the door, is narrow. Not many will find it. Only a few will find it. And if you are sitting here today and you have found it, protect it. Live in such a way where you have one life to live. Live to glorify God. Don't live to be a hindrance to others. Take ownership of your responsibilities. You are that important. For there are eyes watching you. Be perfect that even if they tried to or even wanted to, they can't say or do anything. That's why as a minister, you will never find me with a cigarette in my hand or with a cigar or with a drink. Am I saying I'm perfect or when I was young? Nope. Different story. When Christ wasn't in my life, when I didn't know God, it was a different story. But after Christ has changed my heart and I've given my life to God, even before I was even a minister, I was the same exact way. My friends could be a testament to that. Though my conduct with what I drink or smoke or what I put in my mouth, what I say, Am I saying I'm perfect or to show that I am good? No, I know I'm not good. In fact, I'm worse because I know, I know better now, but yet I still see myself compromising and falling under the temptation of sin. Just remember, temptation is not sin. We all have temptation. Sin is sin when we dive into sin. But you will never find me with a drink or cigarette. Why? Because I know in my conviction that I am not going to allow the devil to use any, any of those things to hinder anybody. If I'm going to live one life, I'm going to go all the way or nothing. You have to show Christ through the decisions you make every day. So you may be sitting here, you may think, oh, this is too much. You know, he's saying this because he's a pastor. But like I said, this is the mindset that I had. Even in my early 20s, after the age of 18, when I gave my life, when I met God at the age of 17, after 18, it's been a full force, never looking back. Does that mean I've been perfect? No. But I am who I am today. It's not because of my title, 
but because of my conviction and my relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to show Christ through the decisions you make every day. Be consistent day in and day out because the truth will always prevail. You might ask the question, how does this tie in with outlast, with the gossip or people saying lying, spreading lies and saying things about you, persecuting you with their lies? It's the same thing because it's who you are. It's the holistic lifestyle of who you are. It's not just your decisions. It's who you are as a person. A lot of consistency, a lot of faithfulness, a lot of faithfulness, consistency, and time. Not because you're trying to prove them wrong, but it will prove them wrong because that is who you are. That's who you are. There's no other side of the coin or hidden side of me. I know I'm not perfect, but I know who I am. My identity, my citizenship is in heaven. That I'm the son and daughter of God, created in Imagode. The truth will always prevail. Eventually, the accusers, the liars, they'll be exposed for who they are. Things will happen, and they'll be exposed for the fraud that they are, because they will not last. Be faithful. Be consistent. The Bible tells us in Luke 12, 13, that what you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ear, in the inner rooms, will be proclaimed from the roofs. For nothing will be hidden. Everything will be shown for what it is. Again, what does it mean to be constant in living godly lives? It's being holy as God is holy. God says, be holy as I am holy. You are to be holy because I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Peter here is saying, be consistent. Stay consistent in faithfulness. One day, those who went against you, who criticized you, will one day praise God with you if they repent. If they see the truth, you never know. Maybe they won't. Even if they don't, who cares? You're not doing it for them. You're doing it because that's who you are. Because God is with you. That is the person that you are. Strive for holiness. And it's about progressively, progressively, guys, progressively growing and being transformed and being made in the image of God. Be consistent. Be faithful in who you are and what you do. Don't play favoritism to the rich or to the powerful. Be fair and be consistent. Be a man and woman of character. Never be in a position where you're taking bribery or falling under the lying of this, of, of deceit of lying. You're in some sort of conspiracy where there are lies, taking money, taking advantage of the weak, the poor. The world will tell you to climb the ladder, right, at your workplaces or whatever. You know, fight with the weapons the world fights with. What are the weapons that the world fights with? Lie, cheat, white lie here and there. It's okay. Everyone does it. Take advantage of the vulnerable. Do whatever it takes. Make it happen. Who cares who you screw over? It's your life anyway. Put yourself first. Your life is more valuable anyway. But you have to understand that God looks from the heavens and he sees. 
He sees us, our actions, our heart, our intentions. He sees who you are. And for somehow in a, in a path of a place where we are in that category, we must be quick to be humble and repent and go back to the light, the truth. I remember it was like my second job in high school. I got a junior year, going to senior year. Um, I worked near the Starbucks. It was like a rival high school area. I would go there right after school. Uh, we end at 2.25, drive there, get there by 3, 3 to 8, sometime to closing, I would work. And you know, it was the coolest job, right? Starbucks, like back then, it was, yeah, it's so cool, right? And I was like, I'd never been to Starbucks before I even got the job. I literally went in and I asked Josie, the manager, she was Filipino. <laughs> I was like, are you guys hiring? Uh, look for a job? They're like, yes, come back tomorrow. And then I got the job. And then I remember when I got the job, there was this guy that uh, the group of employees, they didn't like. And they were literally, they're forming this like conspiracy, this lie to get him fired as if he didn't come. And they came to me and was like, listen, like you're new, but it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a, some movie or TV. It's like, what's going on? Like they, they tried to like get me in this lie. They tried to get me to lie with them. I was like, uh, nope. And I actually told the manager that this is because I was looking, thinking about the guy and, and trying to, and again, it's something small, nothing. He quit like soon after that. But he quit. But again, even little things like that, you do, you try to do the right thing. Does that mean we're going to be perfect every time? No. But as Christians, if you're in a place of position, of influence, if you can do something right, even small thing, even when others can't see, you choose to do the right thing. Because if you're only doing the right thing when people are watching, you'll be exposed for who you are too. God sees, like I said, what you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ear, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Godly men and women of God, stand up for righteousness. I know it's hard. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. This would be a perfect world. Everybody would be doing it. There would be no crooked churches, no crooked church leaders, no crooked politicians, no crooked bosses, employee who take money and if only. I know it's hard, but because it's not easy, as a child of God, that's what you are called to do. Claudia Calvin at the age of 17, the one who started this whole thing where she wouldn't get off the bus and we know the story of Rosa Parks that came later. We know Rosa Parks, but Claudia Calvin, we, we don't really remember. But she was the one that started this whole thing. A movement. Civil movement. Allow your character, who you are, to speak volumes. No matter where your status or what you're doing, what job, no matter what, who the world thinks you are, you'd be a blessing to others. Don't just sit and wait. Wait and expect people to do good things for you, to do things to you. Go. Go and be a blessing. Does that mean be a fool and it's foolish to spend all your, exert all your energy on people that, that's not what I mean either. 
Do it carefully. Do it carefully. There are certain battles you fight, certain battles you don't fight. Just be careful. Use wisdom. Ask God for wisdom, as it says in James. For he gives generously to those without finding fault. James 1. Ask him, and he will give it to you. So what was point one? Be constant in living a godly life. Let's turn to your neighbor, and let's tell them, be constant in living a godly life. Amen. Number two, be thankful for being persecuted by the world, for doing what is right. I'm telling you guys, this is one of the most precious and priceless lessons that we can learn in this lifetime. Be thankful for being persecuted by the world, for doing what is right. I'm not saying being persecuted because you did something wrong. Of course you deserve the, the persecution. But I'm talking about when you do something right and you're persecuted by the world, that is biblical. That's something that you should expect. Not if it will happen, but it is when and it will. And maybe it has many times in your life. But even then, don't give up. Don't complain. Be thankful for being persecuted by the world. 1 Peter 3.14 says this, But even if you should suffer for what, for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Again, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, for that's what Christ did. They could hurt the body, but be more scared of the one who can destroy your soul, which is God. First Thessalonians 5, we all know this passage. We memorize it during mission team. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all, all, not some, not when it's good, it's beneficial for you. In all, good and the bad, the worst situation, even when, uh, when uh, God forbid, a family member has cancer or, or something happens to you or something, something tragedy happens in your life. In all circumstances, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let us not just end this year with this but going to 2020 with the same mentality. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's saying, live thankful no matter what you are going through, for that's one of the signs of your salvation, the fruit of your salvation. It will be a sign of the growth in your maturity in Christ. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Are you thankful right now? I know it's not easy, even for me. But a matter of your mind and training your mind. It's being transformed in your mind and in your heart and making that truth, reminding yourself every single day. There are bad days and good days. But as 2019 is coming too close, putting it all together in a pot, mixing it all together. Can you really reflect back in 2019 and say, Lord, thank you? 
Or are you going to say, God, why? Why? Some of you think in 2020, miraculously, everything's going to change. Somehow the situation at home is going to change. Somehow the relationship, things are going to change or something miracle and we, we hype ourselves up. But what if it remains the same? What if it's not for another year, two, three? In the Bible, everyone is waiting, waiting. It's a waiting game. God's timing over their timing. Moses, he wasn't, he wasn't even until the age of 40. We know the story of Abraham, the age of 90, 80, Sarah. It's a waiting game. What about then? Are you going to be thankful then? Most likely, if you're not thankful now, on this day, which is December 29th, on this day, if you're not thankful right now, don't expect to be thankful in a few years. Because it's a lifestyle, it's a pattern. Let it become who you are. You stay faithful in the small things, then you'll be faithful in the big things. If you're not faithful now, don't expect to be faithful later. Be thankful and faithful now. Verse 19 to 23, going back to 1 Peter chapter 2. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. I'll say it again. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Peter here is talking about suffering again that comes from the result of doing good. Today, if you are suffering or if you have suffered from doing something right and people have spread lies about you and said things about you, Peter is saying, good. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's good. It is commendable before God. Some of you, may, you may not have faced it yet. Maybe you will in two years or three years from now or five years from now. Maybe it's a preparation. It's a learning season right now. Maybe something's going to happen at work and something you just never know. But just remember back to this message. It is commendable before God. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. You are blessed. When you face hard times because of injustice that is happening to you, good. Say, it is good. I am blessed. I say, thank you, God. Praise God. Peter, he reminds us that even Jesus Christ faced unjust treatments. Even Christ himself, our king, our everything, he right now is the center of everything. The whole Bible, Jesus Christ is the main character. Everything that is centered around him, even Jesus Christ, our main character, he said nothing. No deceit was found in his mouth. All the accusers had were lies. If you remember the stories, they, they spread false there were false witnesses, false testimony. In the end, lies will never prevail. The truth will always prevail.
prevail. Peter is reminding us, the readers, to follow Jesus Christ. In Mark 8, verse 34 to 35, as your reference, it says this, whoever wants to be my disciple, this is Jesus speaking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me, for the gospel, will save it. If you follow God, don't expect to keep your life, your old reputation, your old popularity. Oh, you cannot have both. Godly man and godly woman, you cannot have both. You have to forsake one and keep the other. You can't keep feet in both places. You will not last. You forsake the world or you forsake God. Please don't be found in the middle for you will be exposed for who we are. If Christ faced suffering with endurance and patience, then we too must face unjust suffering with endurance and patience. If Jesus Christ went through everything, then I must be willing to go through unjust suffering. And it's nothing in comparison to our Lord Jesus Christ. It will never be. If Christ endured it, then we too as Christians, we could endure the unjust suffering with endurance and patience. Verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he, Jesus, suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him. Who is to him? To God. Even Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, fully man, fully God, he, he entrusted himself to God. Why? The question is why? Because God, he judges justly. Even Jesus Christ himself, to the Father's care. He placed himself in the Father's care for God to take care of all the injustice that was being done to him. That's why on the cross, when Jesus is dying, I mean, just imagine the pain and, I mean, we can't even comprehend. Like, we, like, cry over paper cuts and, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I mean, how? That was us, but like, God, kill them now. Angel, legions, strongest angels, like Jack the Angels coming. I just, I could just picture my, just destroying every single one of them. Like, ah. But Christ said, forgive them. They do not know what they do. He entrusted himself to him, meaning God, who judges justly. May your life be marked with faithfulness, consistency. Let it be your voice. I'll say that again, let it be your voice. I'm not talking about speaking. Hey, I'm good, I do this, I do that. Let your action, your faithfulness, consistency, and time, let that be your voice. Let that be your voice. For it will be heard from the rooftops and it will be seen for all eyes to see. For liars will not last. They will be exposed. Number three, leave room for God to avenge. Leave room for God to avenge. What do I mean by that? Do not fight fire with fire. Fight fire with water. 
with water. The Bible is very clear. First Peter 3, 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. When you respond with a blessing, when someone insults you and you respond with a blessing, you will inherit blessing from God. When people slander and they are not after the truth again, many times they're delusional in their lies, that their lie is the truth. And many times they have their own hidden agendas that comes from a crooked place in their heart. They're not even interested in the truth anymore. Just remember that God is your avenger. Do not get lost in fighting the wrong fight and arguments. Many times we want to take care of our own problems. Revenge. When attacked, I am quick to want to fix or to fight. Instead, pause and pray and look to God. Allow God to take care of all your needs. Entrust all of your needs, all your injustice, all of your unjust, unreasonable, unfair treatments. Leave it to God. Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Allow God to fight your battle. You will not win. You will not win. Because the enemy is with them, and the enemy is controlling that situation. And who is more powerful than the devil? You? Well, yes. If Christ is in you, yes. That's my point. Only God is greater and stronger than the prince of darkness. That's why you pause and you pray. You ask God to fight your fight. You ask him to take care of all your needs. That's why in Psalms, David, he is crying out to God. All throughout Psalms, you see the cry of help. God is our Ezel, our helper. Help us, Lord. Help. Take, take avenge against my enemies. For our God is a God of justice. He is, when I say justice, is moral rightness, fairness, equality, ethics, act of applying or upholding the law. He is perfect in upholding who he is, his name, his character. Revenge it has to do with wanting to hurt the other person. A personal attack, individual's bloodthirsty agenda to harm someone to get even. That's the definition of revenge, wanting to hurt. Again, in avenge, there's justice in the center. Avenge, avenge meaning to punish a wrongdoing with the intent of seeing justice being done. It stands from justice being done. Revenge is personal. Wanting to inflict pain. It's petty. It has no concern for justice. You just want to hurt the other person. It is all about retaliation, inflicting pain. But it's about avenge, bringing justice to where it's due. Murder of Lee Rigby, British soldier. Uh, the two Michaels, both of the killers were Michaels in broad daylight. They ran over Mr. Rigby over, and they hacked him. This is in London. They hacked him to death with knives and cleaver outside of his barracks in London. After nearly decapitating Mr. Rigby, the killer said, 
We, the killer said that they did this because, in quote, Muslims, okay, they're Muslims themselves, Muslims are dying daily by British soldiers. And this British soldier, this guy, Lee Rigby, and this British soldier is one. It is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Through many passages in the Quran, you must fight them as they fight us. Take a look at how they responded, the family, Lee's family. They responded with this. They said, we would like to emphasize that Lee will not want people to use his name as an excuse to carry out any attacks against others. Fight evil with good. Allow God to take care of your injustice. These killers are now serving life. Allow God to avenge for you. So who is your avenger? God. Number four. Number four. Have the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. And in parentheses, if you could write, in your suffering. In your suffering. Have the mind of Christ. In everything, but we're talking about suffering, persecutions right now. So in your suffering. Keep in mind, I'm not saying have the feeling of Christ. In the beginning, we talked about our feelings. We talked about how I feel, and everything is dependent on my feelings. But it's about having the mind of Christ, not the feeling of Christ. It's the act of the will. Worship, repentance, praying is not about feeling. Guys, it's not about when I feel like I want to pray, I go and pray. It's not an emotional thing where you're crying, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that's not all, all it is. Praying is an act of the will. It's having the mind of Christ. That's why it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What was the mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11. For it is better if it is God's will, again, to suffer doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for the sins of mankind, humankind, man and woman. And that was the mind of Christ. Therefore, as Christians, you must also have the mind of Christ. What was the mind of Christ? He humbled himself. Have the mind set, the mindset, the mind of Christ. Last one, number five. <clears throat> Let's turn to our neighbor. And let's repeat number five. Ready? One, two, three. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you 
are healed. Now, the question is, are you in suffering? Are you in pain? Remember the good news. Remember Jesus. Remember the reputation, the words that he heard from people. What did Jesus hear? He eats with sinners, tax collectors. He hangs out with prostitutes. Why is he with the rejected? Why is he with the marginalized, the outcasts, the rejects? Why? Jesus was questioned about his reputation all the time. Remember that by his wounds, you are healed. Remember Jesus. Remember the good news. Remember the gospel. Why did he hang out with these marginalized? Why did he hang out with the outcasts? Because eventually they found hope and their wounds were healed. Their sins were forgiven. That's who Christ came to save. The one who are lost. Not the perfect. Not the one that have it all together. Let's go to verse 24 to 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Always remember that the rain falls, the sun and the rain, it falls on the just and unjust. But when the storm comes, what separates us from those who are not believers is that when storms come in life, that we have hope, that we are safe. And the question is why? Why are we safe? Why am I healed? Why, when I'm wounded, that I am healed? How is that? By his wounds, by his wounds, how am I healed? Because you are in Jesus Christ. Because Christ lives in you. Jesus Christ is in that boat with you. It's the story of the storm. When the disciples are freaking out, the storm came, they're going to the other side. They forgot who was in the boat with them. Jesus Christ is in the boat with them. Meaning in Jesus Christ, you have overcome. That's what it means. By his wounds, you have been healed that there is a future hope even in your present suffering. Ending with this, Revelations 21. It's not on the screen, but go ahead and just take a listen. At the end it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cause from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. Are you going to be victorious? Are you going to inherit all this? to the spring of water without any cost. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But, there was always a but, but the cowardly, the cowardly, which are the unbelieving, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they'll be all, they will be consigned to the fairy lake fiery lake of burning sulfur 
And this is the second death. We either have a choice right now in our present suffering, accepting the healing that comes from the wound that Christ has taken, or we reject it, and we become here in verse 8, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters and our lives, for they'll be thrown into the lake of fire, burning sulfur. The choice is ours. How are we going to finish this year? How are we going to finish this year? You know, 2019 was a, was a big year. 2018 was another big year. I don't know what 2020 is going to bring in terms of uh, things and situations happening. But I know one thing, that what I'm preaching right now today is the same message that I've been preaching to myself in my 20s. It's the same message that I'm going to preach myself even when I'm in my 40s, 50s, God forbid. You know, if I last that, I mean... I mean, if God allows for me to last that long or no matter what happens, the same message that I'm going to be preaching to myself day in, day out. What are the three things? Faithfulness, consistency, time. Be consistent. Be faithful today, no matter what you're going through. For you live for the audience of one, and God sees, God knows, God knows all your injustice, God knows all the pain, He knows all your wrongdoings also. So if you're somehow right now, you're in a place where you've caused harm to someone else, you are called to repent. You are called to reconcile with that person and make peace. Let us live a godly life. Let's put it in perspective. Let's not stand here thinking that we are somehow good and they're bad. We pick sides. We make these things. But it's not about picking sides. It's about doing the right thing. It's about living in the right place where God has called you to live. Sometimes you'll find yourself out and lost. Maybe you're the one doing the harm. But don't be lost out there for too long for that you will become that. Don't get lost. Don't trust yourself too much. Don't trust yourself. We're all human beings at the end of the day. We all fall short of the glory of God. You know, I always say this, like, we think about, we look at history, we look at genocide and people who follow Hitler and with the whole, like, Mussolini and Stalin and all these different things who committed acts of crime and you think, oh, how could they do that? How could this nation do this to another nation? But, you know, I guarantee if you grew up in that time period, if we were to travel back, we were born in that ideology and that whole brainwashing thing, we too will fall under that same exact category. Why? Because we're all human beings. What separates you from following the ways of this world? We don't know what's going to happen with the government and with what's going to happen in the years to come. But you stand before God and you pursue the right things. That's it. Our loyalty is not to a national flag or to anything else, but to God himself. Do the right thing. Follow Christ and live in righteousness. Be faithful. So again, let's go over real quick 
Number one, be constant in living a godly life. Be constant. Number two, be thankful for being persecuted by the world for doing what is right. Amen. Number three, leave room for God to avenge. Number four, have the mind of Christ. Number five, again, loud as you can, by his wounds you are healed. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask the priest to come up. Go ahead and read the passage to you because I felt like I was doing it out of memory. But let me just go ahead and refresh and read from the scripture so that we could know the exact word that happened. And I remember this day clearly because when I heard this message, I was the only one in the back. I literally sat in the back for I wanted to be hidden, I didn't want to be seen. And the Spirit of God came over me, and literally, I started breaking down. I, I wept like I've never wept before. My friends came, they, they put their, placed their hands on me, and just that, after that day, everything was renewed once again. Let not 2019 be a year, be another year of where you are hopeless and you are lost, but know that there, when you turn to the Lord, even in times of when you least expect it, that the Spirit of God is here, and that He will restore you, and He will bring you back to a place of passion and zeal. So let me just go ahead and read the passage. In this passage, it says, Elijah flees to Horeb. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and, that, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Ahab was a king at that time. Jezebel was a prophetess, the wife at that time. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. For the first time, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba, in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. This is the title, The Lord Appears to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, 
he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the Lord tells him, go back the way you came. Go back to where you came. Let us not be quick to quit. Let us finish this year strong. I remember hearing hearing this message, just weeping. How much God loves me, how much He is willing to feed me, to take care of me. And then I was restored once again. Let this passage right now restore you. Do not end this year on a low note. Finish strong. Finish strong, for God is not done with you yet. You are not finished. The world may tell you you're finished. The world will beat you down if you let it. But you have someone who is greater and stronger, more powerful. For the one who is in you is greater and stronger than the one who is out in the world. Have you forgotten that you have victory through Christ? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. You have victory through Jesus Christ. Do not forget. Do not forget. Let us not forget. I know it's a little long today. I just want to really honor the Lord because this is our final service. If you could place your right hand to your heart once again. Before our New Year's Eve, before our New Year's service, which will be in about two days. Guys, two days. Let's get our heart right. Let's ask the Lord to give us a new heart. Just like the story that we read in 1 Kings. Let's allow the Spirit of God, 1 Kings 19, let's allow the Spirit of God to come and to feed us and to renew us. Allow Him to fill you today. Fill you with His promises. Do not quit. You don't have to say anything. Just know that He is here. Be strengthened right now. Be strengthened. Be filled by His presence. Ask the Lord. You don't have to scream, but say, God, fill me. Fill me. Feed me. For I am running dry, for I am hungry and thirsty, Lord. The living water without cost, just like what we read in Revelation 21. The streams of living water without cost. Oh, Father, we look to you. Fill us. Fill this church, oh God. For you are not done with Deep Roots Church yet. You are not done with us yet. You are not done with me yet. Forgive me for wanting to quit or having the mindset of a quitter. Oh, God, it's just been too hard, God. It's just been too difficult. But, God, we find rest in you. We find strength in you, God, once again. We renew our passion. We renew our vision, our zeal of why we do what we do. We do it for you, Lord. Oh, God, we look to you. Allow the Spirit to fill you today with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, for He is with us. The Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of 
of the truth. The spirit of conviction is here with you. Oh, God, come. Fill our hearts with you. Fill us, oh, God. Renew our passion. Oh, God, help us to see. We were blind, God. We were once blind. of God that transcends all understanding. It's a peace that cannot be understood in this world. Even when we are going through trials, even when the walls are caving in, Father, there's peace and comfort that is found in you, God. Lord, you are everything that we need, that we want, that we could ever need in this lifetime, Father. Lord, we look to you even though the service was long. Thank you for reminding us once again of the trials, what we were called to do in trials, what we were called to do in persecution, that you called us, that you called us to be faithful. Faithfulness, consistency, 
time will help us to last in this one life, one chance that we have in this one life that has been given to us. We thank you for this day. We honor you. We give glory to you, Father. Strengthen this church. Strengthen this church. Let this church be a broken church. Let it be broken always to know the heart of God, that our heart will break for what breaks your heart, O oh God. Help us never be too proud to the point where we neglect the right things, the true things, Father. Forgive us, God, for chasing the things of this world. Forgive us of our sins and for our trespasses and for our compromises. For you do not look at the things that the world, the man looks at. For you look at the heart, O oh God. You are seeking for true worshipers, God. Lord, I lift up my hands and let it be me, O oh God. Even if I'm the only one, even if I'm the only one standing here and worshiping you. Even if I'm the only one. Lord, let it be true and right. Lord, we go back to you, God, once again. We return to our first love. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just the voice of the sing verse 2. God's amazing grace. Let's make that our prayer. Leave everything to the Lord. Leave everything behind. Your past, your present, and future. Your hurt and your pain. The pain that you've been holding on for all these years. Leave it before God. Give it to the Lord. reminding us of the truth Lord let us finish this year strong and let us begin the year strong we give glory to you take all the glory right now God in this service in our offering everything that we do we do it for you O oh Lord we love you pray all these things your precious son Jesus Christ in my prayer